You're listening to Family Rules, the podcast on BYU Radio, inspiring ideas, inspiring families. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Family Rules, the podcast on BYU Radio. I am your host, Brooke Walker. Grateful you would carve out a part of your day to be here with us. We hope that we deliver on what will be an inspiring conversation today, touching on a topic that no matter where you fall in your family tree affects all of us in one way or the other. Today's topic is the power of grandparents. And we have a fantastic teacher, guide, and leader to guide us through this conversation today. Sister Elaine Dalton is a name you probably know and a face you've come to love over the years. She is a former president of the Young Women's Organization of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and she's a proud wife, mother, and grandmother to six children between she and her husband, Steve, and 18 grandchildren, and she is invested and engaged in that role. You know, if you'll indulge me, I wasn't sure if I was going to share this, but the very first time I met Sister Dalton, as you'll hear, hear me likely refer to her using that, that term of respect as she represents a leadership role in my faith, but also using that as a term of endearment as we consider our connection as brothers and sisters of a Heavenly Father. But the first time I met Sister Dalton was many, many years ago. I think it was was 2007, 2008. I, at the time, had just been hired as a fresh, squeaky, shiny, eager intern for the Public Affairs Department of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And one of my first assignments, if you can believe it, was to accompany and escort Sister Dalton, who was then, I believe, the second counselor of the Young Women's General Presidency. But I was to be her shadow at a concert, a youth concert, up at a Heritage Park in Salt Lake City. And thousands of youth were going to gather to hear music and some inspirational words. And Sister Dalton was the featured guest of the evening. Now, this was in the middle of July in Salt Lake City, Utah. So if you haven't had a chance to experience the dry heat of a desert summer, I'll tell you it was cooking, it was hot, it was toasty. And I found myself eager, so excited at this assignment and eager to fill the role. I found myself thinking of all the ways I could support and help Sister Dalton through the heat of the evening. So I had packed water bottles. I remember thinking, oh, I'll pack some some blot powder in case she gets shiny and wants to touch up before she goes on stage in front of this, this group of thousands. I was trying to think through all the angles. And the second I met her and was able to greet her on the ground, I realized none of that would be necessary because Sister Dalton was fully immersed in her role, in her purpose. And I watched her throughout the evening, not needing that water bottle or certainly not needing that those that blot powder that I had, I had tried to anticipate and, and think she might want or need. She worked through that crowd going one-on-one with young men and young women, engaging in them, looking looking them right in the eyes, speaking to their hearts and their spirits. And I found myself marveling at just the way she knew her role. She knew her purpose. She knew what she was there to do and who she was there to serve. And I guess I share that because I, I observe from a distance that same commitment to the role of grandma or nana, as she's called. She knows her role and purpose, and she is there to serve her family, and in this sense, her grandkids to her full potential. We talked about that. We also talked about five superpowers that all grandparents have. You'll hear her share some great suggestions on how other grandparents might be able to lean in and develop a little more confidence in the connection, if you will, a little more confidence in the role of grandparent and how those grandparenting roles can be so key and so crucial in the ultimate family legacy that we're trying to build. Here's my conversation with Sister Elaine Dalton on the power of grandparenting. 
Sister Dalton, welcome to Family Rules, the podcast on BYU Radio. We're so honored to have you. Oh, thank you, Brooke. It's so wonderful to be here and to talk to you. I love this topic. I know this topic is near and dear to your heart for many reasons, the topic of grandparenting and the kind of power and presence grandparents can bring to a family. So first, we should get one thing out of the way. I've heard Grandma, Grandpa, Nanny, Papa, Boppy, Mimi. Every grandparent seems to have their name. What's your name? My name is Nana. Nana. And for Steve? And for Steve, he's Papa. And one thing, one piece of advice I would give to everyone that's a grandparent listening or a prospective one, think about your name and choose well because it sticks. (laughs) Those names don't go away. And it's so cute and, and, and endearing to hear how the little ones say it. So Nanny and Papa. I one time read, I've never had a chance to confirm or ask her if this is true, but I one time read Marie Osmond is called Glamma. And that seemed really appropriate for her. I'll have to ask her next time I see her if that's, if that's the case. But choose the name wisely. That's so cute. Do you have a grandparenting mentor, Sister Dalton? Is there someone you look up to or someone you looked to that helped shape your position or your, your, your footing in this role? You know, I think that my, I would have to say my mentor was my mom. My mentor was my mom in everything that I did. And also my grandfather. My grandfather was just incredible. He lived next door to us. And so I was very, very close to him. So I think those two would be the mentors for me. And, and not so much mentoring me in words, but just in how, what they did. I love that you bring up your grandpa that many years ago, even as, you know, we know the male role has changed a lot over the years, but that he seemed to be involved and invested. What memories do you have of him in that role that maybe shaped your, your appreciation for how he took it on? Well, you know, he, uh, he lived next door. For a time, we lived with my grandparents. Mm. My grandmother had had a stroke, and so she was paralyzed and couldn't walk or talk. But every night, my grandfather would take me on his knee and read me bedtime stories. It was just almost, it was just a religious thing we did. And I remember that so well. And the other thing that I think that he did for me is he'd teach me poems and have me memorize poems. And they have stayed with me, which is so incredible. Yes. In fact, there's one that, that's just so, so special. It's, uh, I, I, you don't have to tell how you live each day. You don't have to tell if you work or play. A tried and true barometer stands in its place. You don't have to tell. It will show in your face. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> and then it goes on. If you live close to God and his infinite grace, you don't have to tell. It will show in your face. And so those were the kinds of things oh. that just have stayed with me that my grandfather had a huge influence on my life. Well, I love that. Yeah, they did stick with you. The fact that you could just, you know, pull that off the top of your head and recite that and share that with us. Also, I think the bedtime story tradition is really special. We hear all the time about the importance of family rituals. And sometimes we think those only apply to like the core family, like the mom to daughter or father to son. But the fact that you shared a ritual with your grandfather, I think is really special and unique. Those bedtime stories. It it was. It really was. How do you define the role of grandparenting? I know you feel it's a divine role by nature and design. That it's something that, you know, Heavenly Father created on purpose so we could have this layered, this layered effect of love within the family. How do you personally define the role of Nana? Oh, I think it's multifaceted. Um, But I think my role really is um, second, a second witness. 
a, a second layer of support to these little children. And in this day and age, I think these children need that second witness and that second layer of support. I know their parents do as well. Yes, yes. My mom often tells me, she's a, she's a Nana too, that's her name, name of choice, but she often tells me, you just wait. You think you love these babies now. You just wait. That layered love or that perspective that you talk about, that second witness, seems like a powerful one. You know, that's the thing that has really amazed me is that um, I, I almost feel more fiercely in love. Yeah. I just love my grandchildren so much that it's just a powerful love. I think it, it magnifies this time as generations go on, that kind of love. How, how can grandparents be more involved in the lives of their grandchildren? You're fortunate in that you have a lot close, which makes it a little easier in terms of connection points. But what are some ways you try to connect on the ground and be that hands-on Nana? Well, you know, I think technology is a real blessing in that regard. And so uh, as, my, as my grandchildren have gotten older, of course, they can call me and I can text them and we can FaceTime. And those are crazy ways to connect that weren't possible before. But I try to have my ch- grandchildren and my children come to our home as often as possible. And that's the one thing I've missed with this COVID environment yes. is not having that, that hands-on personal environment, you know, where you can just, you can hug and, and reassure everyone. Yes, I know. We're, we're anxious to get back to that norm. At the time of this taping, we're still kind of in that distance, that distance connection space. So the hugs and the in-person connection have been missing for sure. I asked you, Sister Dalton, to identify the powers of grandparents, as in a few standout things grandparents can offer to the family dynamic to bolster and help connect. And one thing I know that you immediately came to your mind was this idea of grandparents being the gathering force, that grandparents can be kind of the nucleus that gather the family together. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yes, you know, I I think I feel that's really important. And so I've tried to have Sunday dinners as often as possible. And not everyone can come every time, but but I'm finding that they really try to make time for that and Mm. want want to be there. And the delight for me is just creating memories with smells and with food and all of those things. And then seeing these little cousins just bond and become best friends. It's really just a just a wonderful time together and that's just an hour on Sunday um, and then you know we, we don't try to we don't intrude in our children's lives but and and we, we kind of wait to be invited in but but there are several that are very close and so when we go on walks we we, we knock on the door and say hi and and those kinds of things. You also enjoy a, a Teton trip every year that's become a family tradition that, that brings you close. Oh, yes, we do. We, we have done this for so many years. I, I don't even know how to count since our children were little. And our children loved it so much that they now have, have really taken the initiative to carry that tradition on. And we gather every year in the Tetons. We stay in tent cabins. We water ski on Jackson Lake. Which and- I'm impressed to hear Sister Dalton's a camper. That's impressive to me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, with five boys and only one daughter, I had to do a lot of boy things. <laughs> and I, learned, I learned very quickly that boy things are really fun. Yeah. And, and so I love that. But yes, and we cook in Dutch ovens and we just kind of rough it. But the, the thing that's wonderful is the tent cabins are all very close. So the grandchildren can run back and forth and they just have a ball. In fact, 
one of our little grandchildren was having a really rough time and she started to cry and she said, I just need to go to Jackson. <laughs> and she's that's her happy place. You yes. Know? <laughs> well, and I'm sure there's something as you talk about roughing it together, there's something about being away from the hustle and bustle of even a, you know, a family Sunday dinner that takes you, you know, out of your element, out of your normal every day and puts you out there with the people that you love and trust the very most. I have to imagine that that more organic setting kind of contributes to some great bonding. It really does. And you know, I think the stressful situations you encounter in nature, the, the difficulty of a hike or getting up on water skis for the first time and having other people cheer you on mm. is something that is really kind of lacking in the world today. Yes. You know, And so I think that cheering on and saying, you can do this. And then the kind of self-esteem and confidence they they glean when they really do do it mm. and they don't give up. So there are lots of lessons taught out, yeah. out in the wild. Well, and I love, again, going back to your phrasing that I think is so lovely, that the second witness, that grandparents can be that second witness. I love thinking of grandparents involved in those core value-based principle teaching moments like hard work or perseverance or getting back up on the water skis or or learning to work the Dutch oven, right, with safe, safe supervision. I love grandparents being part of all of those foundational lessons. And yeah, I love it too. It's, it just couldn't be more fun for me. Grandparents, you believe, have a power to strike up memory, to make memories with the family and help, again, be the glue that binds, so to speak, when the family comes together. Talk to me about the power of memory making from the grandparent perspective. Oh, you know, I, uh, it's, been, it's so fun to see this all progress and to see what the, the younger children and the older children remember. And most of the memories that we've made are ones we just laugh about, you know, <laughs> remember the time. And, uh, and those memories are, uh, I think they get bigger and better as years go on, but that's okay. I just think it's a, a, a way that bonds us. That's, that's really a fun thing, creating kind of a legacy. Yes. Yes. There was a moment that you told me about earlier at, at your annual Jackson trip. You were around the campfire and a question came up from one of your littles, I think, and, and it prompted kind of that memory making opportunity. It was so it was so phenomenal to us. It was a we, we handed everyone out a T-shirt that had the name Dalton on it. And then we had when we were established, our family, 1965. And as I uh, looked at all these little children with that, our name on it, I thought, oh, no, we had, they're wearing our name. If they <laughs> wrong, everyone knows who these kids are. And so that night we did talk about what, it, what does it mean to you to be a Dalton? Hmm. And my husband and I were absolutely astounded at the sweetness of their answers. A Dalton is honest. A Dalton never gives up. A Dalton is kind to everyone. And they just went around that campfire three or four times. And after that was over, my husband and I just said, okay, we're, we're done. Let's just stop right here. This is a perfect <laughs> moment. Oh, it so, sounds yeah. like a perfect moment and a validating one that all of the lessons that you've strived to teach both through word and deed trickled down to their little minds and their little hearts and they got it. They knew that that was a badge of honor they could wear proudly and own up to. Well, it's sweet. And it was very clear to us that more is caught than is taught. And, and so you don't realize how much your grandchildren are observing and learning from you, but they are all the time. And Hopefully our children are too. So it's just a, it just is a, a ripple effect that 
gets better and better. More is caught than what is taught. I love that. I love that so much. Grandparents can be great reminders. In fact, you say your husband is a good example of this, that he's constantly storytelling about ancestors. And again, speaking to that Dalton legacy, kind of the the, the strength of your family tree. You know, my husband is so good at this because he has such a knowledge of family history and his ancestors were some that came across the plains. In fact, I think seven of his eight great-great-grandparents came here uh, with with the church. And so he does remind these children of the the great responsibility they have uh, to carry on where where the the ancestors left off, that that they sacrificed everything so that we could be where we are today. And it's kind of that idea of we can see farther because we stand on the shoulders of giants. And it's really true. Mm. And uh, he also asked this question. I, I, I wonder what it will be like to, to see them again and give an accounting of what we, what we did to build on the, the privileges that they sacrificed for and left for us. So like, did we add on to their story and their work? Yes. Yeah. 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 We talked really good at that. We talked a little bit about grandparents being teachers. And as I look back on lessons I learned from my own grandparents, you know, they have a way of softening it. A mom can say it or a dad can say it and it might land, I don't know, a little heavier on on that that parent to child ears. But a grandparent seems to have a brilliant power to soften those lessons. You punch home practical lessons through this great girls club that you promote with some of your granddaughters. Tell us about this. Well, you know, first of all, I want to say that we never try to replace our, our children because we want we want that we honor that that eternal family unit. Yes. But I think that we can reinforce the things that our children are teaching. And I think that we have a, a really important role to teach our children their identity, that they are noble, that they're elect, that they have a role to play in the world. And so to to kind of teach that in not a preachy, but a fun way, I did establish a great girls club because we have 15 granddaughters and five grandsons. So those boys are outnumbered. They are so outnumbered. (laughs) In a good way, though, they're spoiled. Yeah. Um, In this little great girls club that we started, we we just talked about and what a great girl would do. And we had a little book. It was an antique book. But I happened, I be, was able to find copies for everyone called Molly, Mindy, Mandy. And what it did was it presented situations or dilemmas. They would get in these dilemmas. And at the end of reading a chapter together, we'd say, so what would, what would a great girl do about that? And then we'd just talk about that. And, and it was, again, just a time when really I wasn't really teaching. Uh, they were teaching one another because a question was asked that got them thinking. And then we would decide on what we would do. So I, I, w- I was able to teach them some skills, how to make bread, how to make cookies. And then we would take them to people. And, and they learned that the light of getting outside of themselves and, and doing things for others. So... As time's gone on, the Great Girls Club has not been meeting as often because these girls get grown up. I've got two girls on missions now, and they have schedules. But I hope that those lessons have seeped into their hearts from when they were young. 
Oh, lessons of service and togetherness and that question, what would a great girl do? I guarantee just how you were able to recite and recall that poem your grandpa taught you. I bet that question plays in their minds quite often. What would a great girl do? I love that. I think back to, you know, my own grandmother's house. She grew up in a really small town, but there was this little corner of her little home where there was a mauve velvet rocker and it it sunk deep. It was one of those that had been broken in over many, many years of baby rocking and now grandbaby rocking. But there was nothing like the comfort I would feel when I was kind of enveloped in her arms, sunk back in that velvet rocker. And, and you believe comfort is a superpower that grandparents have, that they can offer a comfort to their grandchildren, even when the world seems big and scary. You know, I, I love doing that. And it, the world is big and scary. And these little children just sometimes I think they just need another ear, someone who will listen. And, and more than anything, I just listen and, and, try to, and try to just put my arms around them if I'm with them. But a lot of times I'll get a call on the phone, Nana, this is what happened today. And I, I don't give them advice. I just listen and say, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I know how you feel. It's okay, you know, and just give that kind of comfort that maybe they don't feel in any other setting. I love that you I love, love doing it. I love that you don't jump in right away with a solution or a tip or a piece of advice to just be that comfortable listening ear. I bet that just speaks volumes. Well, I think the parents, their parents are doing all of that. So yeah. I don't need to do that anymore. I did that once. Yeah. Checked that box. <laughs> no. Done and done. And I think what the what the, the grandchildren know is that I have so much confidence in them, which I do. I am absolutely amazed at the power of these, of these little children. And, uh, and they all have come with very unique gifts and talents. And I will tell my children, you know, she's really feisty, but don't take that out of her because that she's going to need that in the world today. You know, she's, she's going to have to be a leader. And so don't try to make her, you know, settle down. Just, Just honor who she is. I love that. A defender of their little spirits. Mm -hmm. This seems like the perfect pillow to land on. And I know it's of all the powers grandparents have, you feel like this is the most powerful. And that is the ability to love. Grandparents can offer a love like none other. It's true. It's absolutely true. And again, as I said before, I'm astounded at how amplified my love is for these little children. And I, I tell them often, uh, in fact, I, I try to tell them three or four times when I'm with them. And I don't do that as a calculated effort. It just comes out. Or I'll hug them or I'll squeeze them and say, do you know how precious you are to me? And I, I think that goes a long way because I remember how much my grandparents loved and adored me, even the way they looked at me. I, could, I just knew they loved me. And, and so that's not hard, but I think it is probably one of the most important roles of grandparents is just to love unconditionally when they're naughty, when they've been bad at school, when they've gotten bad grades, when they've cut their bangs, when it, whatever it is. <laughs> Just love them unconditionally. And it's easy because I think as a grandparent, you, I can at least see their divine spirits. And I honor that. In fact, I feel humble to be in their presence sometimes because I know who they are and what what grand little warriors they they are here on the earth right now. 
perfect words. You just touched a very tender chord. I'm kind of tearing up over here. That was very sweet. Any other advice, Sister Dalton, that you would give to other grandparents who may be, you know, listening to this, feeling inspired and, and, and hoping to find some confidence to make a difference within this role of grandma or grandpa? Well, you know, I, I woke up this morning thinking about that, and, and I have a lot of advice, um, but I think that my major advice would be to tell them, to help them remember who they are. And my mother used to say that to me, remember who you are, but I think that's really important. I think grand, grandparents can laugh with their grandchildren, they can lift, they can listen, they can learn from their grandchildren, and they can leave a legacy, and they can love. I love that. I love that. I love you. Thank you for sharing your heart and your spirit and a little piece of your Dalton legacy with us today. It's so fun to learn and consider how we can lean in and embrace this role to its full potential. We love you, Sister Dalton. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Brooke. It's a privilege. You've been listening to Family Rules on BYU Radio, and we're so grateful that you have been with us over this last little while and grateful to our special guest today, Sister Elaine Dalton, for touching on the power of grandparents. If you would like more conversations like this, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we hope you'll be able to join us next time. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Family Rules, the podcast, is a production of BYU Broadcasting.